And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Hi, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Good evening, Dan. On this program, within the milieu of history, theology, and current events, we attempt to explore a variety of questions of interest which have been brought to our attention by either you, the listener, or items that we've dug up as we prepared for this program. We'll offer a perspective that's anchored in history and biblical theology as we answer your question to help flesh out the topic and provide something for you to think about. On today's agenda is a question that came in to us from a teenager. And it's a simple question. It's this. What role can Satan have in the believer's life? Again, what role can Satan have in the believer's life? Well, gentlemen, there you go. It's a good question. We appreciate this. question in today's uh, world, for sure. (laughs) I think maybe the place to start is to just talk about what does the Bible teach about Satan, just who is Satan, and then get into what he does and and how he he relates today. Mm -hmm. Uh, First off, we understand Satan, the scripture tells us that he is a fallen angel. He was one of God's angels, and he fell because of pride. Not only that, I think it's important, particularly for a young person, to remember that there's only one sovereign and that is God, and he has no rival or none can challenge him. And so Satan is a created being, mm-hmm. just as human beings are created, and Satan uh, has greater powers than human beings, of course, and the scriptures present him as such and presents him as an opponent of the plan of God. Nonetheless, uh, he is not God, and he is not a rival to God. How is he? Uh, his characteristics contrasted with some of the um, characteristics of God, for example, um, omnipresence? You know, that is an interesting... Uh, <laughs> we have to speculate here a bit, but it appears he is not omnipresent, yeah. though he has certainly more powers than we do, and but not the powers of God, because he's still a created being. But what exactly that mm. means in terms of his presence, to tell you the truth, I'm not quite <laughs> sure, except he seems to be everywhere, yeah. Yeah. and he is the prince and the power of the air. I think one of the things, as Pastor Vance pointed out, he is finite. Mm. He's definitely finite and certainly doesn't have God's omniscience. It is hard to to tell, but I think often when we see him, we also have to understand when Scripture talks about Satan, it often talks about other angels that have fallen that are under him. Hmm. And so when we see that there are other fallen beings, sometimes the Scripture talks about Satan. In other words, resist the devil and he he will flee from you. I think Paul is not saying that the devil himself is going to be there, but but we can be influenced by other demonic angels and demonic spirits that are underneath Satan. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Uh, No question that Satan is the, you might say, the chief and king of another kingdom Mm -hmm. that opposes God. The Bible presents him as having a myriad of beings under his command to frustrate, to attempt to frustrate the work of God. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It reminds me of uh, C.S. Lewis's work, Screw Tape Letters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that's in- instructive. I know it's not scripture, but it's a very instructive in, in understanding how Satan works. Often. Well, very good. That's helpful. So this question came in from a, a teenager. So Satan, one thing we could say, he has limitations. He has limitations. He's not God. No. What about the uh, defeat of Satan? Maybe I'm jumping ahead in our discussion here. But, well, it's um, a good place to start. He is defeated. <laughs> or, and and uh, there's a famous analogy about the cross of Christ on D-Day and, and uh, what is it, V-Day in Europe, uh, where the defeat of the Axis powers was rendered certain, even though they continued the battle and the final day of mm-hmm. victory yet was in the future. It is yeah. for sure that uh, something like that is operating in the it seems in the plan of mm-hmm. salvation where Satan's defeat is rendered certain, though his presence and power in the world is that of a defeated being. Yeah. Nonetheless, his presence and power are quite real. So uh, I guess we could say he's uh, he is fighting a losing battle. Fighting a losing battle. <laughs> That's right. Now, something happened here to uh, cause that defeat, and of course it's Jesus' death burial, resurrection, ascension to the right hand of the Father, right? One of the interesting verses in the Bible is in Genesis 3.15. It's sometimes called the Proto-Evangelium, which is a fancy word that means the first mention of the gospel or uh-huh. the first mention of the encounter of the coming Lord Jesus Christ with Satan and mm-hmm. his defeat. But um, the coming of Christ rendered his defeat certain and mm. we're thankful to god for that one who loved us so much that he came to rescue us from the bonds and powers of a superior being yeah and for mm. the listeners that uh, perhaps aren't familiar with the text of genesis three fifteen, one of you fellows want to quote that mark i think has his bible there. <laughs> uh the the text has to do with yeah. the fact that uh jesus is promised yeah. And huh. that he will bruise his head, right. but Satan will bruise his heel. It's, right. it's an amazing contrast. It is an amazing <laughs> passage. Now, um, we're coming up here on a break. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's question, which came from a teenager, is what role can Satan have in the believer's life? This is actually a very important, good question, but also a huge question. And there's a lot to talk about. Stay with us now as we take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, 
Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. In the studio with me today is Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. I'm Dan Elmendorf. We're discussing today a question that came in from a teenager. It is, what role can Satan have in the believer's life? And uh, we'll continue now. And I'm just wondering about the, um, you know, there's a section of Scripture that talks about the Christian's armor, and how does that relate to this question? I I believe it's uh, found in Ephesians 6. Maybe one of you fellas could uh, look that up and uh, comment on that. As, uh, I think Mark has his uh, Bible again. I'll mention that. Yeah. I forgot mine. <laughs> the uh, interesting part of that is uh, Paul's command to put on the whole armor of God. Now, he clearly sees us as in a warfare. Mm-hmm. And uh, that warfare includes, though, if you notice the entire armor, it is of God. God's armor, God's protection. And so I know this question comes from a young person, and it's important. But I think what I would like to convey as we turn to that passage, what I'd like to convey is simply this, that God has promised to protect us mm. in a world where, indeed, as Luther puts it in the great hymn, mm-hmm. where there are a world filled with many devils. Oh, yeah. But we are promised God's protection, and that is important. Pastor Mark, yeah, do you we, have that scripture there? Yes, it, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And then it goes on to the various parts, but it does show the power of Satan even in this day. You know, what I like about this, too, is it uh, brings out the fact that here's this terrible power, this principality, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and yet with this armor that God gives us, Uh, He says that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So uh, these are powers beyond ourselves, certainly, but because we're a child of God, we're able to withstand in the evil day, it says, and having done all to stand. So what I take away from this is is encouragement. Great encouragement. Uh, (laughs) uh, I can see Paul now uh, imaging a Roman soldier with all of his defensive armor on plus his sword Mm -hmm. and that's what we are to be in christ Mm. Uh, we are soldiers of the lord jesus christ sometimes you see these uh, movies these epic movies of warfare and uh, these uh, arrows some of them are lit some of them are fiery Mm. darts as it were and uh, you're right that's some of the imagery that that paul uses here in this text yeah 
and right. the swords. <laughs> I cannot help but think of how Christ defeated Satan. Of course, we can say many times, but in the scriptures and while he was on earth, we see his defeat of Satan twice. First, we see when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 Mm -hmm. days, and he comes back and Satan tempts him the three times there, and he's defeated every time with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And, and, And we see Christ's act of obedience there. And then, of course, the second time when Christ defeated Satan is when he died on the cross mm. as mm. a sacrifice for sinners and rose three days later. And uh, with that, with faith in Jesus Christ, we suddenly have the Spirit of God, which is far more powerful than Satan. Mm. And, and that is mm. a tremendous thing. You know, I think about the battle, uh, spiritual battle that we do wage. And I uh, recently came across as I was surfing the television, C.S. Lewis, uh, Narnia Tales, mm. and he does cast this in a real battle of warfare. Mm. Yeah. It says two things about C.S. Lewis. Number one, he understood the Bible. And number two, he wasn't a, quote, a modern man who mm. was afraid to depict what is really going on yeah. in yeah. terms of a real battle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I um, appreciate the Narnia series for that reason. Mm. I'm thinking of a verse of scripture here um, of our Lord Jesus uh, uh, in Luke chapter 10, where it talks about the the 70. Remember coming back, they were very joyful. Mm -hmm. Um, They were saying, uh, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he he has an interesting uh, retort. What, What did he say? He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Isn't that a wonderful passage? Oh, it is. Oh, oh my. And he goes on to give them a special authority to his followers in that day to uh, trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, he said. Mm. So it's, it's very interesting. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know what? Earlier, one of you fellows mentioned Luther's hymn. And I'm just wondering, do you have that there? Could we look up what he had to say about this subject? For someone just tuning in today on the agenda here, you're listening to A Plain Answer. And our question that's been presented to us is, what role can Satan have in the believer's life? And we have about, uh, oh, I don't know, another uh, nine minutes or so before the end. So we'll continue on now answering this question. Go ahead. I uh, just want to preface this. This is, of course, Luther's great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, to just say that Luther, during the time when he was in Wartburg Castle, this is, remembers, after the Diet of Arms, and and he stood up and said, Here I stand, I can do no other. And then he immediately was kidnapped by friendly forces and taken to Wartburg Castle, where he translated the hmm. New Testament and during that time, he felt that he had seen Satan at one point. Oh, my. And uh, may have. Oh. And he took his ink bottle and threw it at him. And uh, <laughs> so you keep Gotta that in Luther. mind. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. He just <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. In this hymn, he says, And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed, his truth to triumph through us. Hmm. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word Mm. shall fell him. Mm. Amen. 
He knew he was uh, in Christ, even at one of his lowest moments. He spent a good bit of time in the castle. Of course, he was being protected by his mm-hmm. own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was, al- he was alone. He was um, by himself. He was isolated. And I think yeah. if I were to give uh, this young person some personal pastoral advice, I would say that one of the ways that a young person... Uh, well, I would I would encourage them to do two or three things. One is to make sure that they're in a Bible study, mm-hmm. but fellowship with other people is terribly mm-hmm. important. It is. Yeah. It, they they uh, other Christians encourage you and buck you up, mm-hmm. uh, remind you to stay out of yeah. trouble, and so the fellowship of the saints, uh, which Luther was deprived in some yeah. ways there at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, is an important way that we resist Satan. That's right. Yes. And if we uh, we know that we have a an appointment, if you will, to go to church that day or or a Bible study, it um, it's positive pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. to to stay right with God. Right. That's absolutely <laughs> to, right. To seek His face because you know you're going to have to be accountable, mm-hmm. and, and we really need each other. There's a verse of scripture that speaks about younger people in First uh, Peter five. And it goes on to also talk about resisting Satan. It says this in First uh, Peter five five. Likewise, you younger people, uh, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Mm. So, uh, again, there's a tremendous promise here, I think, as we put on the whole armor of God that we talked about earlier in Ephesians chapter 6 as we understand who Satan is, but especially as we understand who God is, that uh, Satan really has no charge over us unless it's permitted by God. This passage strikes me, Dan, as as you see this passage here, it talks about being clothed with humility, and therefore you can resist the adversary, the devil, and you have juxtaposed humility and the devil, and of course, what was the right, great sin right, of the right. devil? It's pride, and that's one of the things that we see in Satan is is pride, and when we see it in ourselves, oh. we see more of a reflection of mm-hmm. Satan than, of course, Christ, who humbled himself mm. and became obedient to death, even uh, death on the cross. Yeah, the exhortation, when you think you stand, take heed lest you fall, is yeah. speaking to that matter of pride. And it is mm. in our pride that we open up ourselves to the man of pride, as the scripture yeah. denominates him. Apparently there's suffering anticipated by the child of God, even as we resist. He ends this section by saying, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he ends on a note of victory, but also this notion of being settled, because we indeed have cast all our cares upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we have resisted the wiles of the enemy. 
Well, we're getting to the close of this program today. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. On this program, within the milieu of history, theology, and current events, we attempt to explore a variety of questions of interest which have been brought to our attention by you, the listener, or items that we've dug up ourselves as we've prepared for this program. Today we've been talking about an important question that came in from a teen, and that is, what role can Satan have in the believer's life? And before we run out of time, gentlemen, maybe we can uh, offer a couple of summary statements uh, before we close. Certainly, the study of the scriptures is an important matter, but interesting that uh, the early church, which was confronted on every hand by opposition, and of course that was satanic opposition, uh, they suffered greatly, but mm. they never lost their uh, the sense that they were in Christ victorious. Mm. Mm. He Amen. had won the victory. Amen. And that's the key. Christ has won the victory. And when you focus on the victory we have in Jesus Christ, the power of Satan kind of fades yeah. in the background. Well, that's about it for today. I see we're out of time already. The text from Ephesians 6 would make a really good text to walk away with today um, as we have considered this question. And I think, you know what, we've, uh, we've got so much more to cover on this program Uh, Regarding this question, perhaps next week we can pick it up again and cover some other elements, uh, such as um, cultural examples of how conversion has changed a society versus where the name of Christ has never been heard. What kind of contrast do we see? And with that, we are now out of time. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. We've had Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of the Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. And a reminder that if you have a question that you'd like for us to cover on this program, by all means, email them to us, and we'll pick it up and cover that in a future program. May the Lord richly bless you today. Thanks for joining us for another edition of A Plain Answer.